Welcome to our weekly and Episcopal Sermon podcast. We are so glad you found us. This is a live recording of the gospel reading and sermon from last Sunday's service at the Episcopal Church in Almaden. The life of this podcast depends on your listening support. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us, simply subscribe to this podcast on your channel of choice. Come. Join us along our shared path for today's episode. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two or you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, that is the message from the Hebrew Scripture. Remember. Within Judaism, the core of the identity is surrounded by what in Greek is called amnesis. We get amnesia, which means to forget. But amnesis is to remember, and like the English word, member, re, put the pieces together again. So when we remember something, when we do amnesis, We collect together, we enfold together. Time and space collapse, and they are present with us. The core of Jewish spirituality is rooted in the act of worship, so that when we recall an event such as the Passover we have heard, we are not remembering something that happened 3,000 years ago, we are actually present. Any of you that have been to a Seder um, meal with a Jewish family know that there are certain questions often asked by the youngest who begins with, why is this night different than all other nights? And then unfolds in the Haggadah the story of the Passover, the story of the uh, flight and the exodus from Egypt. Now, both of our traditions, and even within Islam, 
the one requirement for those of us who will be faithful is to think. If you have wondered why this combination of readings is present in our lessons for today, because they don't have a common theme, we've got the slaughtering of the firstborn uh, in the Hebrew scripture. Then we flip into Paul, who starts off on a fairly good note, but then he characteristically shifts into his uh, kind of hell and damnation side of his personality. And then Jesus is dealing with conflict in the communities. If you are uncomfortable about where all these fits, then you're in the right place because you're doing the right thing. You're caused to think. You're caused to not be fed pablum but rather to really wrestle with what is this about? So I want to stay with the Hebrew scripture and remembering. In order for us to do amnesis, we need to touch into our imagination. And so remember what this, this night of nights must have been like, what it is like. What is about to happen is the 10th of the plagues that God has brought through Moses upon the Pharaoh and the land of Egypt because he will not let the Hebrew people go. Imagine being in Egypt at that point. Imagine the chaos that is going on in the world today if you lack imagination as to what it was like. The earthquakes, the attacks um, in Ukraine, the starvation that is in uh, throughout Africa, if not most parts of the world. And so the whole of society is collapsing. And then God says to Moses, the final plague is that you are going to, I am going to come and I am going to kill the firstborn. Not of all, not just the animals, but the firstborn of all children that are in the land. And the only way that you and your people will be saved will be to slaughter a lamb, put the blood on the lentils and the doorposts, and I will then know that this house is to be passed over. The intensity of that moment cannot be underestimated. Talking about people being awake and trying to figure out what is this all about was something that probably prevented anyone from going to sleep, probably for days on end, just living in the tension of what is the final shoe that is going to drop in this moment. And then God says to Moses and Aaron, Aaron, remember, was the spokesman because Moses said, I'm a stutterer and I really do not know how to speak clearly. Aaron has got to be the one that leads the message. And then God gives the instruction. 
about taking a, a, a blemished lamb, either from the sheep or the goats, to keep it until the 14th day, and then this massive slaughter, not just one household, but they all gathered together, all the Hebrews, which must have been in the thousands at this point, after 430 years of being in Egypt since the time of Joseph. And so it was an enactment of what was to happen that night with the slaughter of the firstborn. So God is not saying to the people, I'm going to spare you from what the horrors of this night are about, but I'm going to give you an outward sign so that as you relate to this slaughter, this blood letting, that you will be saved. So you need to stay close to that which you struggle most deeply with. And if you are faithful to that, you will pass through. You will pass through and you will find life and I will be with you. And so they do that. And so the night comes. And the firstborn are killed, and then we know the unfolding story that finally Moses, or finally the Pharaoh says to Moses, I will let your people go. We start off, and of course, if you have Cecil B. DeMille or you know, the, the, the Ten Commandments, you can imagine all of the Hollywood effects that, that are there. What is interesting is that this admonition to remember within Judaism is exactly what we do here today. Because our Eucharistic prayer, and I hope you will listen very carefully to the unfolding of the words of consecration, consecrating a sacrificial lamb. And we not only are going to be marked by it, by our baptism, that's why we cross ourselves oftentimes at the gospel, but also at certain times of service, that we are marked with the blood, but then we receive. We receive the body and the blood. We receive the bread and the wine into ourselves. And so we are keeping the Passover going forward. Now, this particular story has been adopted by literally millions of people around the world. Because if we look at the history of the human race, it has always been filled with conflict, with exile, with fleeing, with displacement. Today, it is probably impossible to estimate how many people on the face of the earth are displaced, at least 60 million, if not more. This is their story. In working, as I said last week, with the uh, lost boys of Sudan, I often am amazed among the Sudanese when I am in, in South Sudan or in, in Kenya or Uganda, how important this particular story is because it is the story of their fleeing at the spur of the moment, having to flee from their homes, and they survived. They were led through the deserts, 
through the jungles until they finally reached home. But look at the other people on the face of the earth, that in a moment of the earthquake that, that we recall that has just happened, look at what in Morocco is going on, that in the spur of the moment, the earth shook, shook and those who were lucky enough to flee are now alone in the world in a way that they had never been before. And they are going to turn to, even as Muslims, they are going to turn to this part of their own sacred tradition. Because as people of the book, Moses and Passover is very, very important. But look at our own lives. Look at the fact that most of our families, if we didn't ourselves immigrate here to the United States, most of our families can date back to a time in which they left their homelands because of some disaster, economic, political, militarily. They left and went into an unknown place. And so they would resonate with this story of the Exodus. But then look at your own lives. What have been the traumas and disasters that you have survived, otherwise we wouldn't be here this morning, that you have survived, but you have had to have a Passover. That is, you had to go through the dark night of the soul of some tragedy interpersonally, some tragedy in, in terms of where you live, some tragedy that had to do with, with the jobs that you were in. You had to pass into the unknown in order to not only survive, but to come to a place of promise. It may have taken 40 years. And the reason 40 appears uh, in scripture is not to say that literally it was 40 years, but it's to say it's a long time. And oftentimes in a, in a culture that wants instantaneous gratification, when we are going through the dark night of the soul, we try to shorten that dark night. We try to lessen it. But in fact, as Jesus says, she or he who endures to the end shall be saved. The very interesting term, saved, unfortunately, evangelicals uh, say it's all about believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That isn't what Jesus meant when he said he or she who endures to the end will be saved. The word actually in Greek, soteria, means to have life as it was meant to be, but hasn't been lived before. The Hebrews were slaves. The time was up. 430 years is a long time for generations to be caught in slavery. The promise was to go forward, to let the past be released in 40 years, and to enter into a land of promise. If you look at your own lives, where you found new life, oftentimes after a long period of darkness, you realize that this was the life you were supposed to be living. 
This was the life of promise that you didn't even know the, the parameters of that or how to define it. But you went through the Passover. You went through the time of trial and tribulation and you have endured to the end. And now you have life as it was meant to be lived but has not been yet lived before that moment. So as we gather at this Passover table, as we listen to the way in which the church has fashioned this story into the story of Jesus, not just as a remembrance of him 2,000 years ago, but rather as something that is happening to us right now, and that we today are going to receive the Passover, the sacrificial lamb. We are going to receive that which is the promise, but also to be the receiver of that which God recognizes. Because remember, the reason God said, put the blood on the doorposts and the lentil is because when I pass over, I will recognize, I will recognize that I am to pass over this time. So we are taking spiritual insurance in ourself in the communion this morning, but even more importantly, we are the carrier of the very life of God into the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode on An Episcopal Sermon Podcast. May this episode inspire you to apply lessons from these teachings to your everyday life. If you found inspiration in this episode, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast through the channel of your choice and spread the word. If you would like to see the full service from which today's sermon was drawn, visit our YouTube channel linked in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to donate any amount to our listeners' support on Anchor or visit the donation page on our website, www.churchinalmaden.org slash donations. 